Hey kids, welcome to another episode of My Spooky Gay Family. Today on the episode, we are going to be talking about the original miniseries, It, and we are also going to be talking about It Chapter One, the new remake. So please, if you have not seen either of those movies, or frankly, if you do not know how the story ends in the miniseries or in the book, we will be discussing those as well. So you should probably... uh, watch or listen to those or or read any of those before you listen to this podcast. That said, let's jump in. didn't see you standing there. This is Pissy Miles, your resident spooky drag queen. <laughs> and this is Sam Baxter, your resident spooky drag queen, spooky sister. And this, this is, is my, my spooky, spooky gay, gay family. family. We are back. I'm, I'm excited that you decided to join me on this one, Sam, <laughs> this introduction. The last time one we time. recorded, last time we recorded, Sam, uh, Sam had an episode because she was on a lot of prescription drugs. That were prescribed to me that by w- a physician. A physician, yeah, Dr. Feelgood. I wasn't just... <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Sam decided to take a little break from our intro. <laughs> She's like, I'll, just, I'll see you on the next to be, one. To be fair, I was like, in my head, it was like I was waiting for it. <laughs> and it just didn't connect. <laughs> she like, opened her mouth and it was like, ah. <laughs> I had taken a, again, medically prescribed muscle relaxer. And Ooh. it was like, I heard it. It didn't quite make it into like my cerebral cortex in time for me to actually say my spooky family with you. <laughs> That's what so happens to me when my blood sugar is low. I am a type 1 diabetic, for those of you listening who don't uh, follow me on Instagram where I talk about this quite a bit. Um, I And when my blood sugar is like really, really low, I am making total sense in my head, but the things coming out of my mouth... <laughs> are a little nonsensical. I mean, that's just Tuesday for me. I don't need a medical excuse. (laughs) (laughs) Sam, how are you doing today? Bologna! (laughs) (laughs) Sam, that's not... Okay. Does anyone have bologna? (laughs) I smell toast. I I love toast. I love toast, too. I've actually actually been having toast for breakfast the last couple days. I'm going to go on, like, a two-second, like... There is literally nothing better in the world than toast with butter and, like, grape jelly on it. Yeah, like, or strawberry jelly. I could do grape or strawberry. Strawberry is fine, but, like, I, I feel like, like, in its purest form, it's, it's like, the Welch's grape jelly. But yeah, like, <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Like, I go to the diner, I'll order, like, a three-course breakfast because I'm always ambitious for some reason <laughs> when it comes to breakfast food. Like, I think I'm Ron Swanson. And it's, <laughs> it's like, you may have heard a lot of eggs. I meant all the eggs. Every egg. No, but, like, they'll bring out, like, steak and eggs. They'll bring out, like, whatever fancy schmancy, like, Instagram (laughs) fucking avocado toast thing I ordered. (laughs) And it'll come with, like, fucking, like, rye toast with butter and and grape jelly on it. And I will completely ignore the, like, $12 (laughs) breakfast that I just ordered because I'm like, fuck yeah, toast. (laughs) (laughs) When I go to the diner for breakfast, I turn into, like, Edith the Egg Lady. I'm like, (laughs) the Egg Man? I want my egg. <laughs> <laughs> it 
it's, it's actually kind of hilarious because like I, I only ever order eggs at a diner for breakfast because like it's the only breakfast food that I feel like I actually can't make myself the way I want it. Eggs? Eggs. Are, do you get like sunny side up or some shit? I usually get sunny side up because I like the whole, the, the dippy bits. Oh, I but, don't. Like, I, ooh, gooey eggs gross me out. They make me want to vomit. See, have you ever had a coddled egg though? Coddled eggs I actually <laughs> I tried am a coddled worked. egg. <laughs> <laughs> what is a coddled egg? I feel like I should be doing this as Julia Child. But, a um, coddled <laughs> egg is served in a brown paper bag. Confront the ramekin. <laughs> no, but, <laughs> you put an egg in a ramekin, you put salt and pepper in it, and then you, um, Eat you, it. you simmer some water <laughs> in a saucepan, and you put the entire ramekin in the saucepan, so it's indirect boiling. So it's, it's not like... It's not like a full saucepan. It's like a it's like a bath. Yeah, it's okay. it's, it's it's a hot water bath. It's a okay. simmering water bath, I a guess. Simmering for, water for bath. eggs. But the point is that you're not directly um, putting the egg in the pan. You're you're coddling it because it's 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 you're putting <laughs> you're putting it in at a very you're so low smart simmer and 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 kind of letting it sit there until it's soft boiled. But don't touch to, the heat. Egg, it's hot. But no, you serve it with toast points, and it's very nice. And toast points. Yes. The fact that you serve a coddled egg with toast points, it, it explains itself. Like, you don't need... That is the most <laughs> white privileged breakfast I've ever heard in my life. Oh, no, you can't do it with egg whites, or it doesn't work. You have to use the whole egg. The whole egg. Well, that's fine. Uh, I, I do like eggs, and the only thing I order at the diner when I'm getting eggs is also something that I don't make at home. <laughs> I don't want to say I can't, but I don't, is steak and eggs. I love steak and eggs. Is it the eggs that you have trouble with or the steak? The steak. Okay. I just, I'm, I am too busy to sit there and try and figure out when medium rare is happening. So I'm like, I, I'll just get it at the diner. We'll just, we'll just turn on a tasty video for you at the end of this and it'll be fine. I, I, you know, I watched a very interesting, tasty video the other day, but it wasn't that interesting because I don't even really remember what it was about. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it clearly made an impression. I want to say, <laughs> I want to say it was pumpkin ice cream. I could be totally wrong. They do, they, 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 they do a lot of like. Okay, in full disclosure, like we are obviously recording this slightly ahead of when we we put it release out. it. Yes, but um, the pumpkin spice latte is already out. And, and it is not quite it is, September. It is not quite September. <laughs> it is on the um, verge <laughs> of September, but yeah, it is not quite we're, we're September. We're on the cusp of September. <laughs> on the cusp. But like, I just, I, I, I am fully, I'm, I'm just like, this is, you know, Sam's confessional today. It's, it's like, I am fully on board with the PSL. Like, I'm not even ashamed of it anymore. Like, like I am, I am that person who's like, fuck you. I'm getting my PSL. Like, you can't shame me for this. But oh, like, I it's openly, too damn early. Yeah. Like, I, I, it, uh, to me, it is not too early. I, I, in no uncertain terms, threatened death on uh, an ice cream parlor the other day because they did not have pumpkin ice cream. I, oh, I was very perturbed. Um, Trader Joe's is an excellent substitute. They make an amazing pumpkin ice cream. Do but they? first, you have to find a Trader Joe's. And second, it has to be oh, like the week my before Halloween. Town, my town is getting a Trader Joe's. Yeah, I know. In the same parking lot as the <clears throat> Costco because you're not allowed to have a Trader Joe's where you can park more than four cars at a time. Exactly. And they're actually removing some of the spaces. <laughs> what are they putting I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh they're putting See, in the a. The problem is, I believed you. They're putting in a corn that. maze. <laughs> first, <laughs> to, to get to Trader Joe's, you must answer me these questions three. <laughs> what is your favorite color? <laughs> You're like, green, can I just have some pistachios? Not until you give me three uses of quinoa. 
<laughs> and the answer is trash. Trash. Spackle. And trash. And trash again. <laughs> and put the spackle in the trash. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay, so now that we have gone on a Trader Joe's eggs yeah. rant, we're going to jump right. into the very closely related topic for the day. Absolutely. The movie It. <laughs> it's actually kind of like the whole... Um, I don't even know if it's the movie it. I, th- I think we're gonna we're gonna cover a little bit of the book. We're gonna cover definitely the original um, made for TV movie and probably a bit of part one, since um, we are going to be doing a second part to this episode after we see the second part chapter. two. Yeah, we're going to see uh, chapter two. We actually just bought our tickets today to go see it. Chapter two of the new um, remake reboot. I think it's a remake. I think I think I probably phrased that wrong on the outline. I wasn't a, even a looking. reboot would imply a series. Yeah, I guess it is. A, I guess it is. It's like not even a. It's not even really a remake though, because the no. first one was. Uh, it's, a, it's a reimaginactment. Re- <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like something they only do in like La Jolla, California. Well, that's a that's a Bob's Burgers joke for anyone who's. Bob's <laughs> yeah, it. It's not even. I, it's not a reboot because it, it the original was a TV uh, miniseries, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I can't. It's so hard to remember because <clears throat> it it was so long ago. <laughs> well, I mean, it was nineteen ninety. So you were two. Well, I'm saying when we watched it, <laughs> yeah. it was it was nineteen ninety two. No, I'm kidding. I, I actually don't remember how old I was when I first saw the movie. Do you remember how old you were? Yes, um, because I actually did see it kind of right when it first came out. Really? Um, well, you I, couldn't I, have. You were what five? Well, it was on TV because it was a made-for-TV movie, uh, and um, Jessica, or our <laughs> older sister Jessica. Um, they, I don't think we have to introduce her anymore, I, I right? I don't know. I know. It's I feel like, like I, we introduce like, people every episode. At some point, we're just going to have to trust that they know who the fuck we're talking about. I mean, that, that's fair, but like, to be perfectly honest, it's, you know, it's one of those things. It's like, I have acquaintances whose kids' names I don't fucking remember. But like, <laughs> <laughs> and now they know. No, they don't, because I didn't say who it was. <laughs> um, it's all of them. But, it's um, Jessica. <laughs> it's anyone who <laughs> <laughs> Just going to walk in next time I go to their house. It's, it's like, hey, boy and girl. <laughs> You're like Mr. Fishwater. <laughs> <laughs> Do I get an eye patch? Because that'd be fun. You can have an eye um, patch. Why not? Take what you can get. <laughs> um, no, but um, Jessica really wanted to watch it. And um, she, being four years older than me, dad was kind of like, okay, I'll give you like 10 minutes and we'll see how you do. But under no circumstances is your sister to watch it. So obviously our father being, again, because we were poorly supervised, <laughs> left, <laughs> left the room kind of immediately upon the title card coming up. Yeah. <laughs> Best and, of luck. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually, this is one of the first horror movies that I can remember that I didn't make it all the way through. I was done after, um, after the sewer scene with Georgie. I was really, I was totally done. I was also five. Well, and like, this George actually, was older than me at the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you know what's interesting about that? It, I, I'm sure we will get into this a little bit more as we dive into this movie. But the old sewer scene, to me, and maybe it's just because I'm an old fucking fart, but the old sewer scene with Tim Curry was so much scarier than the new one. No. I I agree, and I actually um, I actually rewatched um, chapter one recently, knowing that we were going to do this because I mm-hmm. um, not to give too much away for later, but like I didn't I did not leave the theater 
in 2017 feeling particularly good about part one. I didn't either. Um, it grew on me a little bit, but I, it wasn't as satisfying as the miniseries to me. It, it, it really wasn't. And I know, like, to a certain extent, some of that is always going to be something that you saw when you were a little kid and, like, totally terrified you is yeah. absolutely always going to be scarier than exactly. something you see as an adult. But, like, I, as a young child, as a teenager, as a 20-something, and now that I'm in my 30s, if I'm alone and it's dark and I have to walk past a sewer grate, <laughs> I give it like a six-foot berth. It's like, <laughs> like, I don't trust that shit. I don't want it. Like, it's my ankle. <laughs> like, it's a little bit like, I know Tim Curry isn't going to reach up from the, <laughs> the sewer and grab me by the ankle, but what if he did? But what if he did? If it was Bill Skarsgård, I feel like I would just kick him in the face and keep walking, but like, <laughs> if it's Tim Curry, it's kind of like, oh, f- I'm fucked. If it was Tim like, Curry, I'd be like, <laughs> you were great in Fern Gully. Uh, <laughs> that, that was your first string, Tim Curry. Listen, I, Clue, Fern Gully. I mean, and that is something that also is very important about the old movie. Tim Curry is iconic for his villainhood in the 90s. Tim Curry is iconic for his everything in the 90s. Like I know. Tim, 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 Tim Curry's iconic. The it's problem is like Tim Curry stuff. only played villains <laughs> in the yeah, 90s. Yeah, but like, I mean, it's one of those things, it's like that really shitty Disney Three Musketeers movie. He's oh, the best he's the part best of it. He's the best part. It's, it's just like, he's just so fucking extra. And more for me. Um, I think one of the great sins of, of 90s movies, just period, is I honestly, off the top of my head, cannot think of a film that had both Tim Curry and Alan Rickman in it. No, I like, can't Like, can either. you imagine... The like, dueling voices. Oh my god, it would be amazing. <laughs> like, they just read the phone book at each other until one of them dies. I would watch that movie. Well, it's, it's a little late for Alan. <laughs> oh, poor Alan Rickman. I know. We, we, we do miss him. But that is what I loved about Pennywise in the old movie is that one of my biggest criticisms, and I, I do want to start off by saying that I do actually really like the new movie. I think it was very well done. I thought the child actors did a great job. They, they were incredible. They were. They did a great job, and the tone of the movie was great. I I do think that some a, of the things they focused on uh, really hearkened to the true crime fad that's happening right now in that... Uh, it kind of made it real that these were kids who were disappearing and that the adults didn't know what was going on. And there there was a lot of that. And that I, I really did appreciate. Um, something that my biggest criticism of the new movie is uh, Bill Skarsgård. And I, I, it's not his fault. I just don't think he was the right choice for that part. Yeah, no, it was kind of even when I was rewatching it this last time, like, and I was saying even to you, I was I was kind of actually like live 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 texting you while I was watching it. <laughs> but, um, it was kind of like his performance was better the second time I watched it. I think because I was a little less hyped for it, mm. and it wasn't like I'll be the first person to admit that like I walked into that movie theater knowing already that no matter what happened with Pennywise, like it Penny, wasn't gonna Pennywise be wasn't going to be, Curry. it wasn't going to be Tim Curry. Yeah. But like they made a lot of particularly aesthetic choices with Pennywise that yeah. I think really undermined the ability for Bill Skarsgård to be scary. You know what's funny? He's always been Pennywise the dancing clown. Yeah. But the scene in the he sewer. He didn't need to actually he didn't dance. Need, <laughs> he didn't need to turn into Michael Flatley. <laughs> like, 
was that? And it's all just like, and like the top half of him is completely still. <laughs> and like, I understand that it's supposed to be like unnerving and disturbing, but I just remember like the entire audience burst out laughing when it happened. He did. I know, in like, my theater too. And it, look, it, it well, honestly it together, looks, so yeah. I know, it looks like, it looks like the scene in Scary Movie when Anna Faris is uh, doing river dance. <laughs> I was like, I was like, what are we doing? The whole set's shaking. It's going like left and right. Pennywise is played by Rita Moreno. (laughs) What are are we doing? Rita Moreno would have been an excellent choice. uh, Rita Moreno is always an excellent choice. (laughs) Rita Moreno could play Batman and it would be the right decision. (laughs) I just, I I don't know. There are some things about the new Pennywise, like the basement scene with the water, creepy. Creepy, but. Again, it's like, it's kind of, and I think, I, I remember saying this at the time when we saw it, he was overused. Yeah, Pennywise, absolutely. Pennywise is like in every fucking scene of this movie. I know. Like, there's like two or three like short little lulls where there's like three scenes in a row where we don't see Pennywise. Mm-hmm. It's like, in the first one, Tim Curry's just kind of peppered in there. Yeah. It's, it's like, you know you're going to see him at least once an episode, but like, you're not an episode. I mean, it's a three hour yeah. thing. Yeah. But like. You don't see him every five minutes. And the best part about and him... And he's not CGI. He's not CGI, which was a... Oh, it made me so angry. I was so angry at the use of CGI in this movie. But um, even when he, when Tim Curry made appearances in the, in the miniseries, mm-hmm. he wasn't necessarily speaking no. to the characters. And that and it, was part of what made him scary. And it was almost never a jump scare. Almost never. almost never. Like, remember the scene where he's sitting, he's standing in the grave when the adults come back yes. in the miniseries? Which is... So creepy. And fantastic, because he's just kind of standing there. Yeah. Like, and it's that... Or on the side of the road with the balloons. It's, it's the visual... Unnerving. Yeah, it's the uncanny, like, this thing does not belong here, no. and that is what makes it so creepy. Especially the idea that, like, the characters know perfectly well that they're the only ones who can see it. Yeah, exactly. And as the audience, you know perfectly well that they're the only ones who can see it. Yeah. So it's like, it's it's just, it's that, it's creepy. It's not in your face, like, jumping at you with shark teeth scary, but, like, it's... Yeah. it's Which was so disappointing <laughs> in the new one. Like, I wanted to like the scene in the sewer. I, I don't know. It just didn't, it didn't creep me out as much as the visual of like Tim Curry with the teeth actually in his mouth yeah, looking so scared. And that is, I know I talk about this all the time. I'm such a fucking, I'm such a fucking fogey. I'm always like back in my day, we didn't, we had to (laughs) put teeth in our mouths. We couldn't, we we couldn't. Back in my day, we didn't show little boys getting their arms ripped off. (laughs) (laughs) We we did a tasteful cutaway. We did a tasteful cutaway. (laughs) A tasteful fade. A tasteful <laughs> fade. Um, yeah, I, I, there, there's something that having grown up, I guess, maybe, maybe this is more unique to people of our generation, where it's like we grew up in a time where CGI was used a lot more sparingly. Yeah, and so we got used to what things look like when they are done in real life. In, oh, yeah, when they're done practically, <laughs> and and. So now to watch so much of the CGI, like the like they did not need to CGI Pennywise's teeth. They they didn't need to. They really and didn't. It and pulls me out of the story. It was also like I remember saying at the time, even like first of all, 
I still can't watch that full scene in the original. I can't watch the sewer, the sewer scene and keep my eyes open the entire time. Do you know what I actually think is an even scarier scene is the scene right before it. With oh, the little yeah. girl on the tricycle. Oh fuck yeah, that's creepy as fuck. Oh, when, so when, scary. When 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 the sheets move and his face goes all serious, yeah. and it's like, oh because, shit. Because <laughs> but this is this again. This is why Bill Skarsgård was not the right choice, and I'm not blaming Bill Skarsgård because I do honestly believe no, he I did think, his best. I, I think he did great with what he was given. I just think he was the wrong choice, he, and he was because he doesn't read the way Pennywise in the miniseries did, which was. And, and forgive me, he reads as a pedophile. And, and That's the point. He, he's a child <laughs> predator. And, and that is what makes him so scary. Because you, you don't see... Uh, the way Pennywise in the original, he does things that actual child predators did. Like yeah. conditioning them and luring them. And then there's that stark change where suddenly something that was very safe becomes very dangerous. The, the, the supernatural aspect of Pennywise is used to accentuate how frightening the real behavior is. Exactly. And it's not the only thing. Like, like in, in, in the remake, Pennywise is such a supernatural threat like that he kind of ceases to be scary. Yeah, because it's, it's you like, <laughs> you, rec- you recognize that the, there's no way this yeah, could the, be real. Yeah, and there's going to be a silver bullet. There's going to be something that yeah. you can use. And and because it's supernatural and this all feels very stand by me-ish, so clearly we're all <laughs> we're all going to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> like part 2 is a little bit of a different story, but like like part yeah. part, part 1 we know everybody's going to be okay more or less. You know, RIP Patrick Hoxtetter, but who gives a shit? Yeah. Who's but like <laughs> like who gives a crap? And his death in the book is so much worse. You know what's funny? But I like, read <laughs> I I I read the first like half of the book. I got to the I got to the sewer orgy, and uh, that was that was about when I stopped. <laughs> Uncle Stevie was on so much oh, coke. Stephen King. I was I was listening to the audiobook, and it's read by Stephen Weber, who is an excellent actor. I I know him particularly from Dracula Dead and Loving yeah. It. He played Jonathan, yes. and um, <laughs> to hear him like. Talking about like a ten year old gangbang in a right? sewer, I was like, "This is disgusting." And it's like, especially because it's like they go out of their way to be like, "It was a consensual gangbang." It's like that, that doesn't make it okay. <laughs> children, like, like, there's no such also, thing as consensual gangbang. It's also just like you kind of feel like, like in certain parts, it's just it's just that kind of like. I remember the first time I read it, and like I got through like half of it and had to go back and start again because I'm like, I'm not reading this right. Like the, that can't possibly like, be. I missed what's something. Did right we now. fast forward? Are they adults again? Like <laughs> it's what? not even that. It's it's like, haven't we spent like half the book like sort of subtly implying that, you know, Bevy's in trouble with her dad? Yeah. And this is how we're ending this arc. And the way we're Stevie. going to resolve that is we're going to have her g- g- get gang raped by a bunch of 10-year-olds well, in, a, in a sewer. Con- consensual gang rape. Cons- oh, I'm sorry. It was consensual <laughs> gang rape. <laughs> it was so stupid. It's so stupid. It's it's just like, first of all, they're all prepubescent. Second of all, it's like, I, I know that like, I, I've heard people try to defend this scene before, which in and of itself is incredible. But I've, it's heard, I've, I've, I've heard people try to defend the scene before by saying it's not really sexual. It's like, okay, but there's a hundred things you can do that aren't having sex with her that to, would also be non-sexual. Yeah, like and what they in the movie like like yeah like (laughs) like like this just it was completely unnecessary especially since like when you're reading it there's like a paragraph and a half where like other stuff's happening and we're seeing it from bev's point of view and she's just waiting for bill and it's like 
is this really what I need right now? I need to know that this 10 year old is like, I'm just dealing with Ben for five minutes before, like, <laughs> before we can get to Bill Denbro. Like, Especially like, because like, <laughs> it is really no secret. If you read the book and I know that you have, I have read it cover to cover and oh my God, that's time I'll never get back. Well, uh, uh, it's not even that. I mean, there are parts of the book that I really liked. There was a lot of the book that I thought was e- extraneous, but it is no, like, if one, if a person was to read the book, yeah. you, I can't imagine anyone would walk away from putting the book down and not think, "Wow, Bill Denbro is clearly like the superhero version of Stephen King that he has in his in his head." I I, I think that's fair. I, th- I think that's that Stephen King, particularly in that era of his career, tended to have a lot of self insert characters, and that's fine. I'm like, that's I, I, fine. I want to point out that I actually do really like Stephen King, but like, <laughs> but it was just like that scene was so fucked up. It was it was really <laughs> it super really fucked it up. put such a strange and taste in my mouth. It's it's also just like I, I think this kind of brings us to like. And I don't know that we're actually going to have time to actually do this whole thing because I feel like I could do a whole episode on why like Be- Beverly Marsh is like. The hero of the story? It, no, is 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 like so incredibly misused <laughs> in oh, every yeah. version of this story. But um, I thought it was better. I thought their treatment of her storyline was better in the in the remake. It wasn't great, but I, it was better. See, I disagree with that for for really only the following reason. Like, I think a lot of the problems with Beverly in the in the original miniseries came from the actress who played her as an adult. Oh, yeah. Like, but, it, it, the writing was part of it, but a lot yeah, of it was, like, yeah. she was just, she was, like, telenovela over the <laughs> fucking top, okay? Yeah, she was like, in a like, melodrama she, she was just She own. was rubbing her face against John Ritter like a cat. At <laughs> like, it was just, it was fucked up. She was <laughs> Bevy Shanks. Yeah, like, the seriously. It's, like, it's one of those things that, like, when Ben's making out with her and then you find out it's Pennywise, you're actually a little relieved it's less awkward. <laughs> <laughs> like, Oh, thank God. It's just Tim. Oh, God. <laughs> like when he says, kiss me, fat boy, everyone's a little like, oh, thank God. Because this is getting really uncomfortable. Oh, <laughs> but I'm like, that, and that actually leads me to my next point about the miniseries, which is that the comedy seemed much more intentional. It, it the really camp, did. like like the well, scene in the library, <laughs> but that, it's because you had Tim Curry leading yeah. <laughs> leading that circus. Yeah, and no it, pun intended. And it's also just you had like, um, God forgive me, I cannot remember Richie's the adult Richie Richie's name in the original and the new one. It's apparently Bill Hader, and I'm not sure how it I feel about Bill that. Hader. Who has been getting rave reviews? Yeah, um, but I, mean, I we'll haven't see. seen I'm, it. I'm I'm leaving all of my reservations at the door. I'm, um, I'm looking forward to it because I do think that um, Finn, what was Finn, that actor's name? I I don't remember. He was on Night Court. Saying. Yeah, no. <laughs> but like, <laughs> he was actually, he was actually kind of allowed to be funny, which was which was kind of a thing that surprised me. In Adult Richie, was, was he, he was, was funny. he was he was allowed to be funny. Yeah, and like I'm I'm hoping that they did the same for Bill Hader because Bill Hader can be very funny, and I'm mm. I, I'm hoping that they gave him kind of as much room as he wanted, but like. I, I would also say that, you know, F- Finn Wolfhard and, um, again, forgive me, I can't remember the boy who played Eddie in the remake. Um, I thought their interaction in part one was possibly the best part of the movie. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> although they never did beat beat. I can't even, because they did one time. They did it one time. They had Bill Skarsgård do it. <laughs> yeah, Pennywise. In, in the house it. at but the end. But nobody else ever And did. he, like, half whispered it. And it was like... 
because it was just like beep beep Richie and it's like this isn't an easter egg you assholes this is like the catchphrase for this character you can't throw out beep beep Richie (laughs) part of me wonders if they're going to make the argument in chapter two that the rest of the kids started saying beep beep because Pennywise said it first I feel like that would be terrible and traumatic though like like, yeah what fucking terrible friends because, because like the thing is like because in the fucking original one, I believe there is a scene where Tim Curry says beep beep Richie. He does. He and says it's it terrifying. Yeah. Because yeah. that's what his friends say to him all the time. It's and Jack that's Dylan why it's, Grazer. Okay, thank is you. Eddie. But like And Harry Anderson okay. plays Richie, plays Richie in, the, in the old one. In the miniseries. Who did an amazing job. Yeah, he did a great R- job. Richie, I think, is actually my favorite adult in the in the <clears> old <throat> one. Um definitely, definitely. I mean like John Ritter did a great job. John and, Ritter was and, great. Um, fucking you Mike. Know, John Mike. Boy did fine. <laughs> John, <laughs> he was John Boy on the Waltons. What do you want? <laughs> Adult Bill. Adult Bill <laughs> with he his was, fucking incel ponytail. Oh goodness, um, that hair. That fucking ponytail. You know what? I will give him credit. I do think he's a very talented actor. No, he actor, did great. But that hair that was hair. really something. <laughs> that was a statement. That, that, that was, was a, that was a Maureen Prescott. If ever I have seen one. <laughs> From from Penny here on wise. <laughs> Come here, mother wants to talk to you. Why actually, is it? even even Pennywise like jumps dead? Of, he like he jumps. See, I up. feel like it should have actually been. It should probably be Mrs. Casper. <laughs> Eddie, no, I said, I are said, you in trouble, Eddie? <laughs> Eddie, I, you don't need any friends. My my one note about Mrs. Casbrick, uh for the new for for this series. Uh, like for just this story, for the story, I feel like you're about to like. Okay, I think, <laughs> I think Eddie's mother should be played by an animated character oh, uh, named oh, Mrs. Levon from Bob's Burgers. <laughs> you want Mrs. Levon? Mrs. Levon should play Eddie's mother. Isn't she the perfect Eddie's mother? She kind of is. Eddie. <laughs> Why are you hanging out with these people? I also love that Mrs. Levon <laughs> is uh, the, stec- the the reincarnation of Mrs. Bighead yes. from Rocco's Modern Life. But maybe they should just get Charlie Adler. I know. <laughs> I'm fine it should just with be Charlie it. Adler. It's actually kind of funny because I was watching Rocco's Modern Life on it. Were you really? I, I saw that they they just added it on. Um... Yeah, no, I watched the the Netflix the <clears throat> new special. Special? Yeah, it's new. It's not the old series. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, that. no, it's I new. It was the Rocco's series. Modern Life. Oh, it's, and it was actually really good. Really? Yeah. No, I actually really huh. enjoyed it. Um, also, they have a trans character, which I thought was really cool. Oh, that is pretty um, cool. Because I'm like, yeah, fuck you, bigots. Rocco says trans rights. <laughs> <laughs> but, this is um, what you get. This is what you fucking get. But um, Which kind of actually brings me to like one of the bigger problems I had with the remake. And not that it has anything to do with trans people, but it has to do with representation. Um, what the fuck happened to Mike? They literally like Mike's not in this movie. Left him <laughs> like, out of the entire like, movie. Although I mean, they did the thing with the with the with hammer, the, gu- yeah. the hammer, yeah, gun or, with or the whatever bolt it is. gun. But like the what is it called? The bolt gun. A oh, bolt gun. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Pretty but, um, straightforward. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's, it's simple. It's a bolt on a gun. Bolt <laughs> yeah. gun. <laughs> Fire the bolt. But like, <clears throat> but um, like. In, in the original and in the book, like, Mike is supposed to be the one who's kind of the town historian, which is why it makes sense that he's the fucking librarian later. Yeah. Like, I don't understand why they had to give that to Ben. Like, it didn't make any sense. Like, Ben had his own shit going on. Like, you didn't need to do that. Well, isn't there a scene in the book 
where where Ben is in the library. There is, and Ben is interested in it, but like it's but supposed Mike to be it's is, supposed to be Mike's pictures. I don't know yeah. where like why the fuck it's Bill's vacation slides when they're not even really looking at them. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like 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 that part made no fucking sense. Yeah. But like Mike was the one who had a lot of that information. And like I like the fact that they brought up the black spot in this version because they really didn't talk about it in the original. Yeah. yeah. But like it just kind of felt like oh, and here's this black kid. It's, yeah. like, it's like, no, Mike is important. Like, yeah, Mike like, is actually very important to the way like, this story moves. Mike is incredibly important, and I feel like they really didn't give him enough to do in the first time. And I feel like it was just so much of, like, Mike's storyline, Ben's storyline, Eddie's storyline, and Richie's storyline got so, like just got thrown out the window for, like, 20-minute male gaze shots of Sophia Lillis. Yeah. And it's like, which kind of brings me back to what I was saying before about, like... <laughs> One of the talking points we have listed on here is which loser do you identify with the most? And my answer should be the girl. It should be Beverly. Yeah. yeah. And every time they they remake this, every every time they try to tell this story, there's always something so off about Beverly that I just can't. And in this one, it was like, listen, I get it. Like you made the Molly Ringwald joke. Like I understand. Mm-hmm. But like there is literally a scene where there are like five boys in their tidy whities standing on a cliff <coughs> and it's completely unsexualized as it should be because they're fucking 10. Yeah. And then there's this long slow motion shot of this girl who's only like 10 or 10 or 11. <laughs> I think they might have aged them up to maybe like 11 or 12. But, but like still, this girl who is the same age, there's this long slow motion shot of her running in her, in her underwear, underwear off a cliff. and jumping <laughs> off a cliff. And like, it's supposed to be kind of this like manic pixie dream girl moment, but like, it's a very sexualized shot. It is very sexualized. <laughs> and it's weird because I know that like, there will be people who argue that it's the moment is more about Bev showing up the boys and jumping off the cliff first and how that sh- affects them. But it's like, yeah, but it was preceded by... A very weird sexualized moment. And I, I get And followed that. by one where they're all sitting around staring at her while she's sunbathing in her underwear. Yeah. And part of, <laughs> and I guess contextually, there is something to be said for the fact that like the whole point of the first half of this story is that these kids are on the verge of pubescence and are and are about to transition into adulthood, and that will come into the story in a much which for is, a much bigger <clears throat> reason in the second half, but I think there it it could just as easily have been implied. Or show me you can show me their reactions. You don't need to try to make me have the same one with the cinematography. Yeah, like like you don't have to show me her through their eyes. You just need to show me what their eyes are doing, and I'll get it. Yeah, like like it's not hard to spot a twelve year old boy who's like that girl's pretty. Yeah, like like they're not subtle. Like it's fine. It's also Bevy's story arc in this one went a little haywire. <laughs> like in the remake, for some reason, we actually have her father assaulting her. She kills yeah. him, and then she gets <laughs> abducted by Pennywise. We went off the rails a little. Yeah. It's like we spent the whole first half of the movie going, look at how badass Bev is. Oh, wait, the boys will save her. Yeah. That was my <laughs> biggest criticism is that, like, if you're going to change the story to turn. To to give Bev the opportunity to confront someone who is assaulting her and yeah. to and to turn her into a badass to take to move us away from the narrative of of the original miniseries, yeah. then why in the world does she turn into the the damsel in distress at the end of the movie? It's like 
it's also in the original. Bev is the one with the fucking slingshot because yeah. she has the best aim. The whole yeah. reason she's there in the first one is because she can actually hit it. Exactly. Like, the guys couldn't do it. And like, that was more badass. You completely changed her agency. Yeah. Completely. And you're like, ah, well, if we're going to take that away from her, I guess she should get to beat the shit out of her rapist dad. It's like, okay, but like, why does she go back to that house in the second one now with the creepy naked lady twerking in the background? Like, like, why does this scene happen now? Like, in the original, it's because she was going to confront him as an adult, but now she knows he's very dead. So why the fuck is this happening? Yeah, so why is she going? <laughs> and uh, that uh, that is my biggest thing. The way they changed the sewer was... I can't even believe it. Having read the book, yeah. the sewer chase is actually... Really great. Yeah, it, uh, it is. It was very well written up until its uh, conclusion. Uh, uh, yeah, but I've seen that overlaid with so many different songs. But I think my favorite one is "I Want to Swing from the Chandelier." <laughs> like, like, I, I think my favorite overlay to that is. The chandelier. Oh no! Um, <laughs> but that's that's kind of my point. Is that like it's just so crazy to me that um, that be, that. Bev was not given the chance to shine in the sewer. And even something that was kind of left out of the miniseries, granted, I believe it was for time yeah. because of uh, everything that was going on, um, oh, sorry, was, was the actual fun. chase through the sewer system. Yeah. And because not only were the kids pursuing Pennywise, they were running from Henry <clears throat> and uh, Belch and, yeah. and what's his name? And they, they were there. In the climax of the of the remake, but like it but wasn't like by it the wasn't skin really, of their teeth. Like it wasn't really a thing. They fought Mike for ten seconds. Yeah, they fought Mike boom. for ten seconds, and it was kind of like, okay, <clears throat> we're gonna give Mike a moment now because we've ignored him for the rest of the movie. Yeah. So he's gonna get to beat up this racist little shit, which is also cool. Yeah. But like at the same time, it's kind of like, but Mike had so much other stuff to do, guys. He did. Mike had way more to do than just kill fucking Henry. <laughs> Yeah, if if nothing else, like, I know in, in the 50s version, like, there was a lot more emphasis on kind of, like, the racial makeup of Derry and, and, how, and how Mike fit into that, being mm. kind of the only black kid in the Losers Club. But, like, it's not like racism went away before the 80s, guys. <laughs> like, there was still, like, like, like there, was, there was stuff to touch on there. There was a lot of <laughs> stuff to talk about. Yeah. And even, even <laughs> I mean, and uh, I, I'm, I said something stupid. He did not kill Henry, obviously, because no. that's going to be a pivotal plot point in the second movie. They return. But um, even in this movie, Henry uses the N-word. Does he use the N-word? I don't actually know if he does in this one. He does in the In the original in the one, he definitely does. Um, because I don't I, know if he says it. In I this actually one. remember reading like this is one of those like weird, cute little behind the scenes stories. But the boy <laughs> who was playing Henry Bowers in the original one apparently like apologized to the kid who was playing Mike after every take when he had to say it because he just felt horrible. <laughs> and, like, and, like, and I'm like, I mean, this, I would... this sounds really sweet, but also possibly like something that didn't happen. Like yeah. I, ho- I hope it's true because that means like I mean, by all accounts, the kid who played Henry Bowers in the miniseries was apparently just like the sweetest little snowflake that ever lived. <laughs> And I'm like, this seems like odd casting. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he he did a great job. Yeah, he did a great job. Us otherwise, that is very um, true. I I will say I I would probably not have felt any better. I don't know. Sometimes I think about things like this because obviously before I was a drag queen, I had the job that every drag queen had before they were a drag queen. I was an actor. Yeah, and um, I I don't know. 
I don't know if I could play a character that used language like that. It would be very, very difficult. At, at the very least, uncomfortable. Like, sometimes I look at Kathy Bates from American Horror Story Coven, right. and the things she says, <laughs> I know. I'm like, it's like, whoa. <laughs> it's like, damn. <laughs> she... I I can't even like I can't even bring myself to repeat it. It's like the words are so the the name she calls Angela Bassett or not Angela Bassett. She calls um uh what's her name? Uh, oh crap. Gabourey Sidibe. Thank you. Uh yep. she, the name she calls I would have, her I would have mispronounced that so hardcore too if I <laughs> like like Gaborni I Sidibe. like I saw all the letters in my head and hey, my tongue just like my, my my tongue just went nope. <laughs> and like scene. we're we're gonna fuck that up. Okay. <laughs> like, no, uh, <laughs> the names that she calls Cabaret Sidibe is uh, atrocious, unfathomable. Like it, it, I'm like, uh, and God bless her. I love Kathy Bates. I was like, I don't know how you, I don't know how you did that. <laughs> I, I, I mean. I, I would have to think that when you're acting, like, particularly, like, I don't know if Kathy Bates is, like, a method actor or anything. I don't know anything about yeah, how she know. works. But, like, it's, 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 what was it? Like, I have to imagine that you just kind of have to let the character take over and just kind of just deal with it. But, yeah. like. And I'm sure she did. Like, I, I can't imagine that Kathy Bates would ever say anything like that outside the bounds. Yeah, I, of, I, I of have a hard voice. time believing that of Kathy Bates. But it's still, like, it's hard to hear somebody say that and then to be the one to have to say it. Could you imagine? My God! I, I mean, I would imagine it's probably worse for the actor having to hear themselves called that than the person calling. Them. <laughs> I, I, I know, but I'm saying like, like I would imagine it's probably on harder narrower, on them on a much <laughs> narrower focal point. I'm yeah, saying like, as someone who who understands the weight of those words, I could imagine it is probably very difficult to have to say them, knowing that you're. Like I remember not that long ago I was I was in a production of uh, a a live production of the Golden Girls and I was playing Blanche yeah. and the people who were producing it wanted to do this the episode with Blanche's mammy Ooh yeah and like <laughs> Very progressive for its time yeah. in the 80s but not these so days <laughs> is like really I was like, I was like, ooh, I can't wrap my head around this one. I, <laughs> I, I don't know. It was, it was really crazy. I, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't, I don't want to take ten minutes on white guilt on this. Like, <laughs> I know, just, I know. It is but just, cr- but it's, it's, it's kind of just. I, I do remember watching the film the first time and thinking that like. Wow, Mike got super shortchanged, especially considering how important he is to the plot of the second half of this story, which I'm assuming they're following. Yeah, and he should have been much more involved in the action because Mike in the second half of the story is the one who basically remembers everything. Yeah. Because he never leaves. He's the memory. Yeah. He's he's, he's Mike the Broken. (laughs) And who has a better story than Mike the Broken? It's like, in this case... That's actually a true statement. I know. But like, I, I'm making a Game of Thrones joke for those of you who are unaware, because who has a better story than Brand the Broken? Literally any other character on this show, Tyrion, literally anyone. All <laughs> literally all of them. Although I will say, uh, not not to go on too big a Sorry, tangent. We're there. Um, I, the only episodes I watched of the, the last season yeah. were the fight. With the White Walkers. The Battle and, of Winterfell. Yeah, the Battle yeah. of Winterfell and the, 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 the subplot battle. that was wrapped up in an hour and a half, yeah. Yeah. And then <laughs> the other battle at uh King's Landing. King's Landing. Yeah. 
where, that was the only where thing Daenerys watched. turns into Quasimodo, and apparently the sound of bells is her trigger. <laughs> the bells! The bells! The bells! The bells. <laughs> but back what? to it. Back to it. Um, I just... Um, Yes, no, back to it. No, you can finish your thought. Okay, I'm just going to say this one time for the record on air for everyone to hear it. I honestly for a moment thought that they might save that by Daenerys flying at the Red Keep and then Cersei Lannister, for the first time that season acting like Cersei Lannister, just says, fuck it, if I'm going, I'm taking everyone with me, blows up the Red Keep with fucking wildfire kills Daenerys and Drogon because they fly right into it that would have been amazing because if you're Mm. Cersei fucking Lannister and you know that you're on the fucking ropes what would be more badass than to take the dragon queen with you and it's just like you were so close (laughs) you were so close to having Cersei do something but instead we're going to have Jon Snow kill her and be sad about it (laughs) (laughs) oh no I must kill her look at my pain I'm sorry it's it's just like and don't get me wrong, Kit Harrington does Moody really well, but like it's just one of those things where it's like, am I supposed to feel bad for John right now because his sword is through her spine? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, back to it. Yeah, back to it. Um, <clears throat> I I don't know. I I do wish that they had given Mike more of an opportunity to really step up and and be the Mike from the book. Even it's it's also just like. Because it's not just Mike either. It's it's like I meant it when I said it before. It's like it feels like it, it feels like for all the stuff they give Ben to do, it doesn't feel like Ben has a lot to do. It's like <laughs> you 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 gave him other people's things, and he still doesn't feel like he's really there. <laughs> like, like, it's, it's it's like Benny, we're gonna cut you out of a lot of this, so we're just gonna take shit from Mike and give it to you. Does that make you feel better? It's like, yeah. well, no. But <laughs> to be fair, though, I, and I could be totally remembering this wrong. When I was reading the book, I I hadn't thought about it until just now. But Ben really was not a pivotal character in anything but his relationship with Bev. Yeah, no, Ben is kind of just there to be not Bill. Yeah. Like basically. like 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 Ben is kind of there and which is really shitty since my actual answer to which loser do you identify with the most is Ben. Ben. <laughs> <laughs> it's like let's see, non-entity likes the pretty girl is being ignored. Yep, okay. Yeah, one of our talking points was which loser <laughs> yeah. do you most identify with? Yep. You you think you're Ben? I, I think I identify most with Ben. Whether or not I'm actually Ben is up for debate. But I would I would say of all of them when I'm watching it, the one that I feel the the biggest connection with is Ben. Why is that? You're not particularly brooding to me. I mean, I don't think Ben is particularly brooding. I think I personally, I I, I certainly understand what it's like to be the fat kid. Um, well. So like, totally get that. Um, <laughs> I think Ben is very much an introvert, and I mm. am apart from this thing we do, um, very much an introvert. <laughs> and it's kind of, I, I, I think I just, I, I connect with him more than any of the others. Like, like Bill has always felt really distant to me. Like, like I, I, yeah, I never, don't identify with Bill I, 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 I don't know if I know anybody who's like, yeah, no, I'm totally Bill. It's like, nobody's Bill because, <laughs> because Bill is the superhero version of Stephen King. Yeah. But like, I think is, there are people who think yeah. they're Bill. Yeah, they're usually wrong. Yeah, exactly. Um, and anyone who thinks they're Bill is probably <clears throat> actually Stan. <laughs> um, I'm actually, it's, it's one of those things, I, I actually, I will say this, um, Stan got a lot to do in the yeah. remake. Like, he had a lot of screen time. Compared which is, to. <laughs> compared to characters that maybe should have had it. But, like, yeah. it's not that I was unhappy to see that, because, like, especially considering things that are probably going to almost certainly happen in the first ten minutes of the second film. I mean, they... They, uh, they, they have don't. to. I, I mean, it's not like, like I feel. I feel like that's kind of an impossibility that they won't. Yeah. Like, you know, Stan deserves a little screen time. 
Um, it's also, I, I do actually like the fact that they really, they don't just make Jew jokes at him this time. They actually like show him in temple and like, like yeah, that it's like, actually like, part of his, it's, it's actually persona. like part of his identity in yeah. his life. It's yeah. not just, this is Stan. He's a Jew. Thanks, Seth dun, Green. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> it's like, thanks, Seth Green. <laughs> like, <laughs> whatever. Well, um, yeah, yeah. I yeah, actually have I to say, as excited as I am for Bill Hader, I, I know for a fact that, like, Seth Green had mentioned offhand and kind of hadn't exactly campaigned for it, but had suggested that he could play adult Richie. And mm. I think that would have been a really nice nod back to the original series, but it, it's it's one of those things they're not in any way required to do that, but I think it would have been kind of cool. Yeah, and I think visually, the only the only problem is He doesn't Seth look Green. like Finn Wolfhard at all. Yeah, he doesn't look like Finn Wolfhard. And he also, he's only like, slightly taller, I think. He also <laughs> barely like, looks his age. He like He's one of those people where like even when he's 80, he's kind of going to have the spirit of a 14-year-old. So yeah, it's like, it was... It, it's one of those things where it's like he's... I have to remind myself occasionally that he's older than me. Yeah. Because we kind of look the same age and he is not insignificantly even older than me. <laughs> like, like, he's like at least he's, 10 or 15 yeah, years like older he's, than Yeah, like he is older than me. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, so every so often I'm like, yeah, no, Seth Green, that guy who's the same age as me. Oh, wait, he was playing a teenager on the CW when I was actually a teenager, which means he really must have been about 50. Yeah. So like, <laughs> so like it's he, was a, he was the oldest <laughs> member of Boys for Now. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think if I, I don't know. I had a lot of Bob's Burgers jokes on this one. Why is Bob's Burgers and it so like, it's fine. I guess they just go know. together. They just go together. Like, <laughs> Rama Lama Dama da ding da ding da dong. Um, <laughs> Which is the song that Pennywise danced to in the sewer. Yes. <laughs> and then he floated Pennywise, away in his Corvette. Pennywise <laughs> did a, a one-man version of Grease. Also, he then turned into Gandalf the Grey right at the last second because he's just he's holding on by his fucking fingertips. He just goes, fear, and then drops. Like, I, he's going to go take down the fucking Balrog. I like, thought <laughs> like, that was the most... It was the most ridiculous way to end the movie. It really I was like, was. are you... Fucking kidding me. It's also just, I'm a little unclear on something like, all those other kids were dead, but they were in the exact same state that Bevy was. Yeah. So is it just that he'd been feeding on them a long time? Like, like, like that's never really explained. It's also, why isn't Georgie's body down here? Yeah. Like, I would imagine the first thing Bill would have done would have been to maybe look for Georgie's corpse to bring back to mom and dad, and that didn't yeah. happen at all. Even though literally every child that's been taken is floating above them. I know. And I, it's also, like, the, the floating metaphor is a little on the nose, guys. It's just a little Yeah, it was a little direct. Um, <laughs> I do think, though, go, going back to what yeah. we were saying Sorry. before, Don't the loser I, I... It's two losers. I think Pissy Miles is a combination of Ben and Richie. Um, I'm sorry, but beat, beat Pissy. P- pissy, pissy is Richie. I just, no, 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 no. Like, without a doubt. <laughs> but Pissy also <laughs> is fat. <laughs> She also is quite large. Is that the only qualification for Ben? Because Ben does thin out. No, I, I think that it's a combination between because uh, because Richie is the joker and, and the yeah, funny guy. Okay. But Ben is also um, kind of the heart okay, of the that's group. Fair. That's and fair. I think that that is what Pissy Miles is in essence. Um, or at least what I'm projecting onto her. <laughs> expecting of her daily. Um, yeah, I would say I would say Richie and Ben. As long as it's not like miles. Ben and Eddie, like that would be kind of a weird. That'd and there's a little like, Bev in there, I guess too. Of, <laughs> only the part where oh, your daddy she... worries a lot. <laughs> I worry a lot about you, pissy. 
Everybody does. <laughs> you should. No. You should. But, uh, <laughs> and maybe I'd like just a touch of the old lady twerking naked in the kitchen. Like this. <laughs> There's also a little bit of grandma Actually, it's also like, that is one scene that really doesn't need to stick close to the book, and I feel like it's totally going to, which means... Oh, see, I never read that which part Which means we're going to get like, okay, you're in for a fucking treat here. <laughs> uh, like, so we're going to get like her whole monologue about how Pennywise is her dad and he shat her out. Like, I'm, I'm totally expecting... Is that really a yes! thing? Yes! That's why, like... Pennywise shat her? Yes, the, the, the... That's what she says. But then she is Pennywise. We're... It's unclear, as, as I recall at the end of that scene. It's unclear. Like, that is, that is Stevie, like, like I think he did three lines and then wrote that scene. Like, I'm not actually, like, Shit her out. Eat her up. Got it. Like, like, he, like, snorted two and then, like, peppered one in, into his eyes. And, like, <laughs> I can't see. Like, I can't see. He's just swatting at the typewriter but like yeah, a monkey no, typing Hamlet. It's fucked up. It's implied that Pennywise is her father, but like he was pregnant with her and like she came out his butt. Like we're not sure if it's what we're not sure. <laughs> Sorry, guy from Jaws. Can you say that again? Oh, what? Thank you. <laughs> that is my favorite moment in the entire movie of Jaws. And if you have not seen it, it is the part where they catch the tiger shark. And there's this guy sitting on the on the dock, and he's all butch. He's like, what kind of shark is this? And then Richard Dreyfuss turns around, shark. and he goes... It's a tiger shark. And then the guy turns around and it, it's like he put it's like he's schizophrenic. He put on a whole new <laughs> personality. And he turns around and he goes, a what? <laughs> and I was like, what is it? I'm gonna put a clip on Instagram to accompany this because it is so ridiculous. Meanwhile, I read that scene and turned it into Alex into fucking Alex Kintner's mom. I'm just like sitting there going like Mr. King, this book is dead. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted you to this book is dead. <laughs> You knew all those things that you still wrote this and a consensual prepubescent gangbang. <laughs> this book is dead. It's like fine. <laughs> the the book is officially dead. There's when, a turtle. Oh, I have the ritual, have a, of, chud. The ritual of, of chud or chud or whatever the fuck <laughs> it is. I remember when I learned because you had warned me. You were like, you're going to learn about the ritual of chud, and I was like. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but I'm intrigued. No, you and then I read the book, <laughs> really and I was like, think. I'm putting this down. Yeah, no, <laughs> I literally only got halfway through the book because when they described what the ritual of Chud yeah. was, I was like, this is With, like this ruins the the miniseries it, for it, me. It really does. It, it's it's one of those things where, and I mean, to be fair, the ending ruins the miniseries. Just on its own, yeah. Well, because because like you, you, you go from from Tim Curry to this weird spider crab creature thing that's <laughs> happening, but like it's like I just I, I don't I don't know how they're ending this because like at the end of the day this is the third incarnation of this story and the ending of neither of the two that came before it is good, so it's one of those things where it's like I'm sitting here going into chapter two going, is this actually a story you can end? I don't know. In a way that works. <laughs> didn't they didn't they say like outwardly and openly that they are not acknowledging the ritual of Chud? Um, I believe they may have actually said it's like, no, we're not doing the ritual of Chud. So because it's stupid. Thank God. Because <laughs> let's take a second and talk about what the ritual because of Chud is. If if fucking if fucking like Pennywise's ass daughter was three lines ago. <laughs> like the ritual of Chud. Daughter. <laughs> The ritual of Chud is like 
I don't know, a full eight ball, like, <laughs> like some crack, some ecstasy. <laughs> <laughs> if anal Annie was three lines of, like, of <laughs> coke, the ritual of should is literally like. Stevie drank six <laughs> bottles of rope. <laughs> It is like bath salts in Florida. This is, the ritual of should is nonsense. Stephen King actually moved to Florida to write this. Just, he's like, I like it up in Maine, but this is a Florida man. This story. Is- <laughs> That's good. Answer. We're going down to the swamp to do this right. Get her done. Gator done. Gator done. Yeah, there you go. Um, so the ritual of should, for those of you who have not, read the book and are living a and life of we privilege. Envy you. Yeah. <laughs> the ritual of Chud is it comes to them in a a a, a high they they get high. I, I can't remember in, in the it, fort. If it initially comes during the, the, the smoke They're smoking peyote or whatever the fuck they're smoking in, <laughs> in the I think they're the actually the just they're, they just made a fire and it's like a sweat lodge thing that they're doing. I don't e- I don't even remember if there's actually any. Oh, else. you're right. I think it is just smoke inhalation. Yeah. They're all fucking dying. Yeah, they're um, they're, they're killing themselves slowly. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> As they are the audience. Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> and they all have the same like sweat dream of yeah. <laughs> a, like fever dream of a turtle. Yeah. That comes to them and tells them that the only way to kill Pennywise yes. is to, <laughs> I can't even describe this. It's the most bizarre thing. So you have to lock onto each other's tongues. Yeah. It's literally like you French each other and then bite down. Bite down. So you both yeah. are biting on each other's tongues. Yeah. And then you have to tell jokes. Yeah. And the first one to laugh <laughs> dies. <laughs> It's unfathomable. It's just like I Oh my god. Like like I, I, don't, I don't even know where to go with this cuz it's like It's literally I, like a science fiction retelling of the story of dad jokes. <laughs> it's bizarre. Wouldn't, it, wouldn't that be just amazing if it was like Pennywise and Eddie and it's just Pennywise is just telling you mama jokes over and over? And over? <laughs> <laughs> but um <laughs> so dumb she thought Taco Bell was a Mexican phone company. <laughs> But, like, it's just, I want to go on record as saying, like, Stephen King is one of my favorite authors. Like, I I, I read every short story collection that comes out. I've read every novel Carrie, that he's ever read. Salem's written, Lot, like, Cujo. And, and, like, I stuck through Dreamcatcher. <laughs> I stuck with through the shit through, weasels. With the shit weasels. <laughs> he has a real, he has a real. Uh, knack for naming things. Yeah, no, it's he's not even a knack for naming things. He has a um, real, uh. He has he has a, a deep rooted love for things that come out of people's butts. <laughs> he really does, but like it's maybe maybe anal Annie is a shit weasel. Maybe it, she's I, the one that ties the whole that's where the shit, environment she together. She was in the sewer. The shit weasels come up through the toilet. Oh my god, we cracked the code. We tied it all together. This is the end to the Dark Tower series. We just saved you fifty hours of your life. It's no, that's but, terrible. No, but um. The point I was trying to make was like there there are there are very occasionally in Stephen King stories things that I just go what the hell it's so were you fucking thinking like it's like it's like the ritual of chud 
<laughs> like, first of all, for those of you who are unaware, there is a horror film called, called Chud, Chud, which yeah. is C.H.U. U.D. And I, I don't actually remember what it sounds, what it stands for. I can't. But it's, it's, it's something like creature something underground something. But it's, 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 <laughs> it's creature something it's, underground. It, I, I don't something. fucking remember. But it's like, it, it is literally like broke ass Muppet gremlins like who live in the sewer. <laughs> and I'm sitting here going, like, when did Was that, this? when did that movie come out? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you, 1984. When was it published? Uh, I feel like it had to be late 80s. Was it? I feel like it had to be because I know that like... 86. Yeah. Oh, did he steal the ritual of Chud? I don't think he possibly Chud? could. Um, that, oh, that would be terrible. Oh my God. Did he steal Chud? We just got into a conspiracy theory mode. This is now a true crime podcast. <laughs> We're trying to discover plagiarism. But um, <clears throat> uh, I'm trying to figure out what Chud stands for. I can't find it anywhere. It, it, it doesn't really matter. It's actually it's a, it's actually kind of funny because like one of the things that I've I've said I've always wanted to talk about in regard to it is John Wayne Gacy, who didn't actually get caught until after this book was published. Yeah. But Wait, like, before but, we move on. Yeah. Cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers. Chud. Pennywise is shaped like a human and eats humans. <laughs> he lives <laughs> under, <laughs> He dwells underground. He does dwell. Um, he does not look like a broke-ass Muppet gremlin, though. So no, really. he doesn't. Until the end of the movie. <laughs> He's not a mean green mother. From um, outer space. And I'm yeah, mean sorry. green man. Uh, why didn't they have Tim Curry sing in this film? Like, why didn't... I don't know. Like, that was the only thing that it was missing. Only thing missing was original music. <laughs> was, Get Al- Al- was Alan Menken busy? W- w- was Pennywise doing a lounge <laughs> act in the middle of the fucking, in the middle of the fucking library? He sings a torch song. Yeah, no, because he does, he does <laughs> the Prince Albert in a can bit, and then he moves seamlessly... Into fucking how beautiful you look tonight. Oh. <laughs> I just Linda Belchard at, at Tim Aww, Curry singing. Nice. <laughs> oh, I want to see that. Oh, that's nice. No, um, um, so what were you saying about burgers. John Wayne Gacy? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, <laughs> that was such a. That was a deft segue. We're going to have to read that. I just, that. I didn't even, no, really I couldn't was, even no, follow fine. the path it was, back. <laughs> I was like, I was like, we're moving onward and upward. What were you saying upward. about John Wayne Gacy? It's like Linda Belcher. What were you saying about John Wayne Gacy? Um, <clears throat> no. Uh, <laughs> Some of these things are not like the others. Like, it's it's actually, it's, it's kind of weird to me, actually, that this book was published before John Wayne Gacy got caught. Because it's kind of I know. Like, like, you would think, like, when you look at them, it's just. But I, it had to have been <laughs> written while he was active. Yeah, but nobody knew who the fuck he was. But that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, but like uh, how fucking terrifying is that? Right. The same time this novel was coming out, there was someone literally living it out in fucking <laughs> Chicago. We're not saying that John Wayne Gacy was a creepy spider thing. Then you know, they had to execute him by, <laughs> by biting on his by tongue. By biting his tongue and telling, telling him knock-knock jokes. Knock jokes. But like, <laughs> <laughs> no, but they botched his execution and it couldn't have happened to an extra oh, guy. Oh, thank goodness. Um, how did they botch it? Was he lethal injection? Um, it was lethal injection. I believe he was probably conscious for longer than he really should have been. Oh, no. The horror. <laughs> that um, sucks. <clears throat> I feel terrible. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like we are not actually offering an opinion on the validity or morality of the death penalty, just on the one that was enacted on John Wayne Gacy. And yeah. He's dead. And you know what's funny? I actually, not to get too yeah, political, no, but I actually don't usually support the death penalty. I don't think uh, it's, I don't think... For the rate of people who could have been 
and probably were executed unjustly. Uh, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's worth it. But that's a whole other story. Um, <laughs> but that's another story. Never mind. We're back into. Um, Thank you, Meryl. What were you saying? <laughs> what were you saying about? Uh, what were you saying with his relevance to the story, though? It's 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 weird because I think it's actually I think John Wayne Gacy kind of proves the point of it and why I think it is scary, which we touched on mm. earlier, which was the idea that like. This is a real thing that happens. I'm sorry. There's some. There's yeah. a motorcycle yeah. outside my apartment revving its <laughs> engine like an asshole. <clears throat> because yeah. uh, we here we here in my little town in New Jersey have a a, a, a car show every Friday yeah, it's during the summer. Cruise night. It's called Cruise Night, which is not nearly as fun as you would think it would be, considering this is a gay cop podcast. I know you would think cruising was something completely different and fun. Um, but they have it's like historic vehicles come and line the streets. <laughs> it's every, old white men Friday. with old cars. Yeah, who just block foot traffic. It's wonderful. They sit in lawn chairs on the sidewalk. Like, like this is <laughs> you're like, next to a car. Sit in the car. You're outside a fucking restaurant. Go get a beer or something. Jesus. Um, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, I do think you're right. I think John Wayne Gacy kind of proves the the what is exa- what is actually scary about this story. Yes, and I mean, granted, his victims were all older teens and young men, but um, it's that kind of like, I know everybody makes a big deal about the clown makeup, and frankly, him being a clown had absolutely nothing to do with the murders. Yeah, it's it just really a, it's just like, it's like a really. creepy fun fact, you know? It's, it's, like, it's like, oh, by the way, he was, he was a clown, which yeah. makes it worse somehow. <laughs> but like... <laughs> But, like, he, he, he didn't use Pogo to pick up kids or anything, but, like, at the same time, it's that he was this seemingly normal guy who mm. put on a really good face of being normal. Yeah. And then had 33 bodies in his crawl space. So it, yeah. <laughs> I, it really is, like, a terrible, terrible story. But I think it it plays into what is scary about this story is that um, as a young person – you're so often not believed about what is scaring you. Yeah. And that is really the the heart <clears throat> of this story is that adults can't see what's scaring you, so they tell you it's not real, and there's actually something trying to kill you. Which is actually kind of a funny thing about the remake, since they updated it to the 80s as opposed to the 50s like Mm -hmm. in the 50s the fact that there wasn't like a whole lot of adult intervention in what was going on a dairy and we'll get into that a little later yeah but um b also wasn't that unusual for the 50s Like, like like it wasn't that weird in the 50s for parents to just not know where their kids were yeah. <laughs> and like kids who disappeared were almost universally assumed to have run away yeah like in the, the 80s is where we have, like, the Johnny Gosh case. We mm-hmm. start to have, like, these these nationwide missing children cases that go – that just go huge in the news. Like, this is the first decade where we have – where we get the kids on milk cartons thing. And this is, like, following stories like – I mean, John Wayne Gacy was right about yeah. the same time, but we had the Zodiac. We had – the term serial killer. We had the we 70s had where there Ted was a serial Bundy killer every 10 minutes. Every 10 seconds. Never hitchhike. You had the, the um, am I thinking of the Green River Killer? Oh, uh, you're thinking about Gary Ridgway? Gary Ridgway, In yeah. Seattle? Yeah, yeah. We had him. We had, 
the the serial rapist yep. in California, Jeffrey like, Dahmer, like a lot Jeffrey a Dahmer. lot of the heavy hitters are are sixties sixties through the eighties, yeah. Because there were they had not developed DNA evidence at that point, so also was, no one had cell phones, so it was a little yeah. it was a little easier for someone to just disappear. It was like it, it, it yeah. was such a scary time. <laughs> Dave and it's I were like, just talking about this the other day yeah. about how like how scary it must have been to be a young person or any person between like 1958 and 1991. <laughs> well, well, Sarah and I were actually just talking about this the other day because we were actually watching a, a documentary on um, the Long Island serial killer. Oh yeah, and um, there's a really good um, the episode. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. There's a really good episode of a podcast. I can't remember. It might have been a. It might have been yeah. A few episodes of a podcast. I can't remember which one it was. I listened to it so long ago, but it was about the Long Island serial killer. It might have been. Um, I know. I want to say Crime Junkies did one, and uh, props to Crime Junkies. I, I'm, um, I listen to them all. The they time. definitely did because I actually I listened to that one after we. Watched that one was very yeah. good, and I I. Oh God! If I could only remember the other podcast I listened um, to about it. No, what I was gonna say though is like we were actually talking about it after we finished it. Was kind of like you would think when you when you when you look at like the 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 American history of serial killers, mm. like there's this there's this period where they're just everywhere. Like if if it's it, it, it's like there's so many of them that are working at the same time that their, their timelines overlap. And it's just like, you just don't feel like, I, I mean, not that there are no serial killers active right now. There are, there are many I'm and sure, you should yeah. check it out. Um, and don't hitchhike. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot stress this enough. Yeah. But like we were talking about one of the reasons why it feels like they're not as high profile as they used to be. Like we're not getting like the son of Sam level, like crazy media attention is the fact that their prey now is almost exclusively um, young men and women of color mm. who usually can't necessarily afford to have a cell phone with them. Or if they do, it's it's a cheapy, you know, crap one that might not be reliable. And sex workers who have a vested interest in not informing the police or anyone really where they're going. Where they're going or what they're doing. Yeah. And it's it's just the the advent of, of mobile technology has just limited their prey pool to such vulnerable people that we almost don't pay attention anymore. Yeah. And it's, I'm sorry. Cause this got really serious. No, um, it's it's like, I, I said something very yeah. similar to David the other night. I was like, cause he was saying how scary it would have been to have lived during that time. And I was like, but you know, like it's still happening. You know there it's, are still serial it's just, killers. It's just not happening. That yeah. anyone CNN cares about. And, and <laughs> it's really unfortunate because it just goes to show how disenfranchised I think most uh, privileged people are from the the true lower class of of, uh, of of people who are suffering from financial burden, or uh, especially people of color who are part of that part of marginalized the lower groups. Class. Yeah, like un- undocumented Trans pe- people, undocumented people who maybe have a, again a vested interest in not reporting strange behavior from yeah. from someone who's giving them work or or something like that. Like it's. These these people, and I think this actually comes back to Pennywise in a way, because it's it's that when you have that kind of predator, they will always go for the easy target. Mm. Like, you don't have serial killers or, or pedophiles or anyone, they don't go for high-risk targets. That's because if they did, they don't get to be a serial killer because they get caught after the fucking first one. Yeah. So it's like... <clears throat> It's weird to me, especially that considering kind of what's going on in modern 
predatory criminal behavior that um like it feels weird that that the kids that we're focused on in this in this story are six young you know upper working class to lower middle class white kids and mike yeah. like, like yeah. and it's like like not that i'm saying that they should have not that i'm i'm knocking anybody for casting or or the story because again it was originally set in the 50s and it made a bit more sense yeah but like it's it's one of those things where like I don't know it's one of those things like if you were gonna update it <laughs> like I feel I feel like That's that that, that that might have been the part that needed the updating um, <laughs> because it's just not like not for nothing if you had eight white kids missing in the eighties you would have had fucking Barbara Walters on every one of their parents' front lawns <laughs> like <laughs> well even uh, it kind of harkens back to the Atlanta child murders. In a big way. In a Which, huge way. if you way. have not seen the second season of Mindhunter, oh my god. I'm watching it now. Oh my god, you have to watch it. Like, you absolutely have to watch it if, what the hell is her name? I should have looked this up. I'm looking it up now because it's important. <laughs> no, you don't even understand. The, the... The mother. Yeah, no, hold on. The mother? No, no, the, the one mother in the, um... Brian's mother? Oh, you know, well, you, you know I know, I know the woman you're talking about. She's the mother of one of the the boys who was killed in Atlanta, yes, and she is absolutely motherfucking amazing and deserves an Emmy. She is really excellent. She does do a very good job. Um, I'm still in the process of of watching the show, though. Like, like I was watching it, and there is one scene. She doesn't even say anything. She's just looking at him, and I'm like, I'm about to shit my pants. is it the scene when with the cross yes and he runs up to the church and she's just so we we probably shouldn't yeah we should she doesn't say anything but the point is you will want to crap your pants yeah yeah she does do a very very good job um i can't find her on here now son of a bitch imdb (laughs) i don't remember the mother's name either so it's Um, hard to i think it's mrs bell mrs bell i think it's mrs bell it's i mean i'm still in the process of of making my way through okay um, the actress's name is June Carroll. June um, Carroll. Sarah has just informed me that yes, I was correct. It was Mrs. Bell. Mrs. Bell. I just Bell. could not remember the. Um, I couldn't remember her last name. It is a great show, but and if you're not watching, is, you should watch she it. She is absolutely amazing and deserves an Emmy. And this time, they should actually give it to her because last year, of course, they nominated Cameron Britton, and he didn't get one. And he is Cameron that. the one who played Ed? Eddie? Yeah, he was very good. Eddie Kemper. Yeah, he was very good. Sorry. Um, I will say I I don't want to get into it. Too I'm sorry, we got we got way about, the hell off topic. Yeah, I don't want to get <laughs> too into in depth discussion. But the about point Mind is, Hunter. watch season two of Mindhunter. Yeah, you'll enjoy it. Uh, but I think it's time. But we, I, we have talked so much about. I know, I, and I mean, we're going to do a whole anyways, another second episode after yeah. we see the second chapter. So anything we didn't get to today, we will get to then. So I think we should wrap up with. Mm-hmm. Our favorite game to play. Our only game. (laughs) (laughs) We've played other games. We have? We played the one that was like, uh, you have to give someone a a situation they're in and they have to try to figure out how they would live or if they would die in a I think that's actually in our next episode. Is it? coming out. Oh, I don't know. Based based on the schedule that we have currently. uh, Listen, it's all just a blur to me. Yeah, sorry guys. Um, (laughs) We're going to play our favorite game. It's called Good Trope, Bad Trope. (gasps) Uh, and that means that we are going to Would you flip like to a coin. The rules of our game. <laughs> we'll want to play a game. If you want to play along at home, yeah, we're going to flip a coin, and we are we're going to name a trope of a horror movie, specifically one that 
it features in it since we're talking about yeah it. specifically from it and um it, it you will either have to depending on how the coin is flipped defend the trope or uh Tear it down, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Say why it sucks. Um, and the other person, obviously, the person flipping the coin takes the other half of the argument. Exactly. So heads... This almost never actually ends up being an argument because we almost I know, we almost it. always have the same opinion of it, but we, someone so wh- still has wh- to do so, it. So one of us is just like, you know, pissing into the wind. Yeah, one time. of us is always the prosecutor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, do you want to go first or should I go first? Why don't... Uh, why don't you go first? Okay, so, so so I will read this one for you, and then you'll flip, and you get the coin toss, or I get the coin toss? You get the coin toss. Okay, all right. So um, the trope that we are, that I guess I am hopefully going to be tearing down, but may not, <laughs> may end up defending, um, is, is a common one in kind of all genres, but um, basically the way I wrote it down is adults who dumb so story can happen. Yeah. U- using <laughs> dumb as a verb. Yeah. Um, we, we see this a lot, um, particularly in films that have child protagonists, because if the adults are halfway competent, there's no story because they would just step you're, in and deal with you're it. You're defending. Okay. <laughs> it, it's, it's not, I was like, it's don't, not, don't, don't get ahead not, of yourself. It's not defending, though. I'm just trying to explain kind of what I mean by that. Yeah. Like, it, in, in, the, in the real world, this should be a problem that's handled by adults, but it's handled by children because we need them to for plot. Yeah, exactly. Okay, go ahead. All right. So heads, you defend it. Tails, you break it down. Yes. Are you ready? Please give me Sonic's best friend. Tails. Sweet. <laughs> You're good I'm to two for down. two. That's like the second time ever that I've gotten the flip I wanted. Okay. Really? Yeah. I only ever got it one other time. I'm actually excited okay. to defend this one, and I'll tell you Are you, you really? Why. I'll tell you well, why. Well, you, you will, yeah, you go you're going to, that's a, it's a podcast. You're going to do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so like, okay, this is the reason why this is dumb. Particularly in horror, when adults are taken out of the equation, it already, you're taking realism away. Like, it almost makes it less scary because it's like, well, okay, but in real life, I would just tell dad and it'd be fine. Like, particularly as a child, it's kind of like, well, okay, but I'm not an idiot, so I'm going to tell somebody. Like, and granted, that's kind of covered a little bit in the way Stevie sets up Derry and the whole, like, that's part of the curse, the human, the, 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 the adults just don't get it. But, like, it's... You see this everywhere. Like, like, like we, we talk about this all the time. Like, when we talk about Harry Potter, it's like, Harry, just tell a fucking teacher. Like, like McGonagall will go kick Quirrell's ass. It'll take three seconds. Like, it's not that big, that big a deal. But there's always got to be some kind of contrived reason why they can't go tell an adult. And it's only because we need them to go do this on their own because they're the star of the show. And it's like, it's actually kind of scarier if they tell an adult and the adult gets their ass kicked. Isn't it? Like, wouldn't it be scarier if they went and told an adult and the adult really, honest to God, couldn't do anything? Like, I feel like that ups the tension so much. I don't understand why they feel the need to take adults out of the equation in stories like this. I'll tell you why. Okay, here we go. <laughs> um, I actually, I, I'm going to make I'm more of making a, a murderer. I'm going to make more of a rhetorical response to this. Because um, I was speaking in absolutes and facts. No, no, I'm okay. saying, I'm saying like <laughs> no, it's fine. It, in when it comes to the the storytelling aspect of these, uh, it I it almost personifies the the feeling that kids get when they feel abandoned by parents. So it kind of puts you, the audience member, in the headspace of a child when they feel scared or pressured out of talking to an adult or 
when an adult doesn't believe you. Because as an adult, we have come up with coping mechanisms for how to deal with when people don't believe us or trust us or whatever. We come up with reasons why they won't do that. But as a child, when people don't believe you or people don't trust you, oftentimes it's very confusing because you're like, this is something that is very real to me. Why don't people understand it? And it almost makes it it puts you in the perspective of the child to not understand why adults wouldn't want to listen to you. I, I, it's a fair point. I just, it's every time. Like, I mean, it, it, it's, it's a trope. It's, I, I but. know, but it's, it's like. <laughs> I'm not saying I, it's I just, always done well, but I do think I that that is the root of it. I, Especially I, in it, and I, I think believe, it's actually I, done I'll well. I'll totally in it. buy that, and it is done well in it. And like, I, I want to also make clear that even when we're doing good trope, bad trope, and like we're bashing tropes, yeah, it doesn't mean we don't enjoy them. Like, like yeah. there, there are certain <laughs> like, like yeah, no, I just said like yeah, Harry, go tell McGonagall will be over in three minutes. Of course, I don't want him to do that because I'm enjoying the book. Yeah, but it's that kind of like, I don't know. I feel like especially in horror, there's so many times where like the denial feels unreasonable and it's from an, it's from an objective standpoint. And I understand that that kind of plays into your argument, but what I'm saying is like, as an adult audience member, I'm looking at this and going, if I was a stranger and was presented with this kind of evidence by a child, I would at least go check it the fuck out. Like, like this, this just goes above and beyond like any credibility that, but like, then would you want to be the adult who went to other adults and said, there is a demon clown harassing our children? No. <laughs> so maybe that is also. But I would also probably die because I would be the jackass who'd be like, there's nothing down here. <laughs> 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 like, like, I don't know what you're talking about, kids. I don't see no demon clown in this story, right? I'd be the one that, that would be like, why, yes, I do want to believe. <laughs> <laughs> well, aren't you lovely? I do smell the peanuts. <laughs> Too polite. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like, yeah, no, like, yeah. Like, like, I would be dead in five minutes. But again, I think if, as an audience member, I would find that scene terrifying. So I'm all in favor of it. Yeah, I guess. But that. like, <laughs> all right, why don't we do trope number two? Um, um, I think I do want to amend this one. I say this only because I wrote these. Um, that's fine. And we were talking about this like a little tiny bit earlier. I'm going to amend this because what I had written was there are no good single dads in horror, but what I realized after thinking about it for 10 minutes is we're just going to change it to there are no good single parents, period, in horror. Like, gen- gen- gender nonspecific. In <laughs> movies, I will say yes in movies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, okay. Well, let's flip yeah, the coin. Yeah, let's flip the coin. Okay, so Am heads- I, Is this me? Yeah. So heads, pissy has to defend this trope. Tails, pissy has to tear it apart. I don't know if I can tear it apart. <laughs> well, you don't have to say it's not true. You just have to say why it's bad. Uh, okay. I mean, I feel like there's a, there, there, there should be a strong argument to be made that there should be more better single parents. <laughs> like, if nothing else, we were raised by a single Okay, I got, <laughs> I got heads, Lucky which I'm you. very glad about. <laughs> Because I did not want to. I did not you have to have, defend this, though. You have to defend why there are no good ones. I, does it even need defending? I mean, it. Of course, there are no good single parents in horror because if they were good parents, the story would end in the first ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> there, you need them to be bad parents because that is what propels the story forward. That's it. Otherwise, because why would there ever be a story? where a child was the 
uh, protagonists if they had good parents. <laughs> okay, but it's not just parents, though. It's good single parents. Like, we're talking specifically I'm about, saying like, single okay. parents. Single parents. Right. Because uh, that person is out there working and, and struggling <laughs> and trying to pay and the bills. And worrying a lot. And worrying a lot about you, Bevy. So... <laughs> We need uh, we need him to be terrible to inspire Bev to be an outsider. Otherwise, I mean, it is clear that Bev is beautiful. It's clear that she appeals to boys and to men, whether that is a, a, a good trope of its own or not. Um, there has to be a reason that no one Sorry, likes her. Sorry, I can her. hear Betty for Dan somewhere back in the back of my head. Yeah. It's fine, we're good. There has to be a reason why everyone yeah. doesn't like her. And, and the reason is because she is, quote unquote, white trash. And... That stems from her relationship she's, 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 with her, she's, her, her she's, she's white recycling. You know, like, I'm saying quote unquote. You're, you're in the trash quote, now, but you could be used for. for I'm saying quote unquote because she. Uh, I, I, that is clearly a really stupid term, it but is. that is it's fine. the reason people have for not liking her in the book, and that is just one specific example, which is not brought up at all in the remake. No, <laughs> I, I, but also if we're using characters from it, Eddie's mother is the reason that Eddie is, pro- is, is probably at least yeah. part of the reason that Eddie is unpopular because not only of of. <laughs> what little kids would think of a woman because like that. Because of that Mama but, June Hoarder uh, situation. But also <laughs> because of the effect that uh, having a relationship like that would have on a person like Eddie, who by all for all intents and purposes should have grown up to be Norman Bates. <laughs> I mean, there, there's nothing saying he's not. Like we, we don't really see a lot of Eddie's adult life. He could be the Long Island serial killer. We don't know. Well, in the book, he actually does like kind of you know, in a way, marry his mom. <laughs> the woman yeah. he ends up marrying is very similar to his mother. And did, did uh, he marry anyone in the book? Because I think they cut her completely from the movie and just had him living with. Yeah, mom he has still. a wife. Okay, he has a wife in the book. It's been a while since I read the book. And okay. uh, th- I mean, Stephen King's writing about her is unkind, we'll say. to say the least. I mean, <laughs> it is like. You it know. is size shaming. It is like female shaming. He called her a sh- he, he called her anal Annie. Literally, then, like, her name is anal Annie. I'm not even making. Uh, I am making it up. But no, uh, she she is she is basically like Eddie's mom part two, yeah. and she is an overweight woman who has who has been described as having trouble getting up and down stairs. Who doesn't wear real clothes? She is uh, she is anxiety ridden and kind of useless and and I feel very tearful attacked right now. <laughs> <laughs> How do you think I feel? You um, feel fine, you can take them off at the end of the day. <laughs> Mine stay put. My goodness. Um yeah, sorry. Yeah, so that's my that is my defense of the there are no good single parents in horror stories. I um Tear it down. I gotta tear this thing apart. Okay, so this is this Ms. is the Baxter. Tear down that trope. <laughs> <laughs> You're just a little Ronald Reagan for you, right there. I know. So, <laughs> well, we're talking about horror stories. We I figured were, yeah, I'd, no. I'd rope him in there we with were. it. Um. Okay, so here's the thing. I wouldn't have a problem with the fact that single parents in horror tend to be absolute garbage if it weren't for the fact that like married parents tend to get a better rap. Like it, it's what it feels very much like there's this kind of idea that because it's just the one of them, like, especially in, in this story, we never see Mike's dad. Really? Mm-hmm. We never see Ben's mother. Really? We get two seconds of her in the original series and that's it. 
like, Henry's father is a total shit stain. Like, Bev's father is beyond that. And Eddie's mother is is a is a Mama June hoarder's nightmare. Mama. So like, so like it's and there are other there are other examples of this. Like I just watched Hide and Seek the other night where Robert De Niro is a single parent and also trying to murder his daughter for most of the film. Like <laughs> you know, there's there's always something weird going on. And especially like single dads get a bad rap especially because especially in horror movies there's always particularly if the child is a daughter kind of this this insinuation that there's there's something not quite right about the fact that he's that he's the one yeah. that who's her guardian. And I just I feel like it's just very it's icky. Like 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 I can't even like I don't even know that I can necessarily put my finger on it, but it's it's always that kind of you can't do this alone. You can't do this alone. And it, and it, and it's like okay, but millions of people do that. Yeah. Like there are millions and millions of single parents in America and, and m- the vast majority of them are doing apart from things that are beyond their control, just fine. So it's like, <laughs> I, I don't know. It just, if it, it feels very judgy mm. in, in horror movies, particularly to be like, they're always kind of the villain and they're always set up as the child's villain. And it's like, okay, but you don't do that with kids who have two parents, like even Bill's dad, who in the remake is a royal asshole. Yeah. Like we're not really supposed to think that Mr. Denver is a bad guy. We're just supposed to think he lost his son and he's having a bad day. Like I did kind of get that, that feeling though in watching the movie. like, it is clear that he, what he is doing is not good, but it is also clear that it is part of his grieving process. Right. But that's what I'm saying. It's like, excuses are made for two parents Hmm. for, for two parent fathers who are just having a bad day. And I mean, not that I think Mr. Marsh deserves any sympathy, but it's, there's an automatic assumption that he's her biggest problem. And you know, what's interesting. And in this, and and in this case, it's absolutely correct. And we, what's interesting (laughs) about that is that it kind of, we could have talked about that too. It kind of reminds me of, uh, another way that the movie Scream broke down stereotypes of the that's actually that's franchise. true. Mr. Prescott, while useless, is not actually is a not evil in any way. Is actually a, yeah. a, a, <laughs> in later films a, a resource to her, but and is also a really um, truly terrible red herring in the first one. Like, did anyone yeah, believe it was Mr. No, Prescott? Everyone ever? knows no. it's not. <laughs> everyone like, knows it's not Mr. Prescott. Um, but yeah, I think that's really interesting. <laughs> I think that's I, I think that's a, a fine defense of. Or, or a, a tear, down. tear down of yeah. that trope. Um, we have so much more to talk about when it comes to oh it, but God. I think that we, <clears throat> I, I think we should save it for. Yeah, when no, the I think we, we we will save it for after we screen the, the second chapter. Yeah, and I am very excited to see it. I am I am very excited to see it too. If nothing else, like I'm actually kind of weirdly excited for um fucking Justin McElroy, McAvoy. Not McElroy. Just, Justin McElroy is on the Bim Bam. James McAvoy is the actor. <laughs> yeah. I was um, like, I have If no you listen to the Adventure Zone, about. you know who I'm talking about, but he's not playing Bill Denver. Oh, um, <laughs> but um, I'm excited for him, and I'm excited to see um, Bill Hader. Bill Hader, yeah. Because he's been getting a lot of good press. Um, I'm kind of weirded out by what I have seen so far at Pennywise in this one. I think he's actually, it kind of looks like he's going to be even more over the top, but we'll see. It, it might know, work, honestly. I, I was really terrified, not to jump yeah. into a conversation right as we're trying to yeah, <laughs> wrap this up. But I am a little bit scared because it does seem like they're trying to like almost personify him 
in yeah, they're one. trying to kind of give him a personality. Give him a backstory and, and like, a personality. Yeah, and I'm like, it's, it's I like, am not here for this. I, I can't even tell you how little Pennywise has to be a fully fleshed out character. Yeah, really like, not necessary. He's actually much scarier when he's not. Why is it that modern horror writers don't understand the Jaws theory? I, I think it's that they do understand the Jaws theory. I think the problem is that particularly since so many of them are remakes, the villain is the iconic character. Yeah. So the idea is, well, we want to see more of the villain. That's why we're remaking the movie in the first place. But it's just because I want to see more of him doesn't mean I want to know more about him. I don't even necessarily need to see more of him. It just needs to be as scary well, or an, as a, a net interesting. More. You don't need to. Yeah. Again, we, we said it before. It's like Pennywise is in every other scene of part one and it doesn't make any sense to but me. But that's what I'm saying. Like a reimagining of Pennywise is fine if you stick to the things that make him scary. But I we'll we'll, yeah, we'll, I we'll, we'll get to this in final analysis next week. And yeah, I mean, once we've actually seen the movie, ne- next can... <laughs> week we'll also talk about how fucking stupid you have to be if you're Ben to see a like literally a, an egg on fire in a library and be like, I want to check out and see what's down there. <laughs> we'll we'll talk about that, that later. Well, you know, maybe this is why I identify with Ben because I'm like, nope, I'd be dead. <laughs> because my dumb ass would be like. It's just not empirically possible. I would turn into fucking Stan. Yeah, See, I'm be, saying I'm Ben. Maybe but I'm you Stan. are Stan. I'm not Stan though. Do you like birds? I don't. <laughs> I, I really don't. It's it's, it's also um, Stan. Just like I, I I feel like I'm not Stan because Stan stayed. Like I'm I'm actually I'm actually more Stan than Stan. Well, because Stan didn't Stan went into the sewers with them. He went he went and did all that. Oh, crap. I see. I thought like, you meant like, in I'm dairy. Saying, I like, thought, I was no, like, I, I would have been like I would have been like three minutes into that, I've been like, okay, well, fuck you guys, peace out. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I'm more Stan than Stan. <laughs> I, I still would have died, but like I would have I would have died with the knowledge that I didn't actively walk into the den of the thing that was trying to kill me. Yeah, I, I'd probably join you on that path. Right. All right, kids. I think that's it for episode one of the it two-parter, uh, two-parter that we're doing here. And you won't even have to wait two family. years for the second one. No, it, it'll be like, I don't know, like, 10 minutes. Yeah, it'll be like tomorrow. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows when we're going to release it. <laughs> uh, I hope you enjoyed listening. Please uh, like and subscribe and do all that crazy stuff. And uh, we will see you next time. So until the next episode, please remember to stay spoopy. Oh, I fucked it up. I always fuck up the ending. I'm always like, I'm always like, my God, I need a tissue. If I can just get through this. <laughs> all right. I'm okay. going to try this all one right, more time. All right, all right, all right. Until next time, kids, stay spoopy and remember. Excuse me, sir. Do you have Prince Albert in a can? You do? Well, you better let the poor guy out. <laughs> My Spooky Gay Family features music by Nate Walker, artwork by David Alon, and this episode contains clips from It, distributed by Warner Brothers Television 1990. Please subscribe on iTunes, leave us a nice message, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr. My Spooky Gay Family is a product of Barbara Duel Productions. Hey,